nearly everyone that sells life insurance will call themselves a financial strategist because you can't call themselves like a like a financial advisor. So they'll they'll twist the terms a little bit, so, and you don't really know that. You're like, oh, I'm a financial strategist. I'll help you figure out your retirement. Buy this product from me. I've been on like a year-long mission to figure out this whole life insurance strategy when it comes to finances and investing and retirement. And I'm trying to decide if this is a good solution for me and my family, and if it is, how it would fit into the overall picture. And I also wanna figure it out for you guys. So I figured out you know, a lot of financial stuff, my partner and I, DC, We've figured out a lot of this financial stuff over time, and we want to make sure we're doing the best strategies, and then we want to come on here and share it with you. But this whole life insurance thing has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, the people who are really touting it are m selling it. Like, they're, they're providing their links. They're telling you where to go to buy it from them, and they're telling you it's ranging from anything like a supplement to your whole strategy to the solution to everything, and you should just focus on that one life insurance thing. And it's always seemed weird to me that there's like a product out there where you add a middleman and an entire company. So the middleman making commission off the product and an entire company around the product just to say that you can do something unique with this product you can't do with anything else. And these guys are making tons and tons of money and somehow this is benefiting us. That has always bothered me. The other part that bothers me is that when things are too complex, have too many moving pieces, have fee structures that are hard to understand, and people who are selling them talk in like significant amounts of hyperbole, I always feel like that's the recipe for a good scheme. That's how like crypto scams happen. You don't really understand what you're putting your money in. You're kind of trusting the person that you're going to put that money into, and you're, and you're hoping that they make good decisions with it, and you win at the end, but... You really don't know, and that's how this feels to me. After an entire year of looking into this, I still feel like I don't totally understand what's going on. But recently, I've been focusing hard on IUL, Index Universal Life, because I found a guy who is selling this like it is the thing that is going to save you and your family and make sure that you are good for retirement and all the financial futures. However, there are people online who are saying that he's not the most reputable person. I don't know if that's true or not. These are just claims. But it raises the argument if he's claiming if you buy from someone who's trustworthy, who from a good company, who structures the policy properly, you have nothing to worry about. And then there's people saying that they didn't get that through him. How can we ever trust these guys to give us the product that we need when this system is just so incredibly complex? So I want to watch one of his videos and we'll break down what he's saying and I'll explain to you where he kind of fudges the truth a little bit and how these things don't work exactly the way that he's kind of outlining. And then I'll also explain how you can do some of these things on your own without paying someone to do it because I think that's important. If we can achieve all the same stuff on our own, why would we need to pay someone in between to help us with that. So the video that we'll be watching today is how to not lose during market crashes by a man named Doug Andrews at Three Dimensional Wealth. So he's an IUL salesman, Index Universal Life salesman. He's been doing this his whole life. And I think it's worth diving into to maybe save some people some heartache since there just really isn't enough out on YouTube kind of 
debunking what he has to say here. Nobody's doing that. So we will be the one, this community, the Wealthy Idiot community, will finally be the ones to dig deep into this and figure out if it's meaningful in any way, shape, or form. Howdy folks, Cowboy AJ here. I just want to interject real quick to let you know that we are giving away $500 to one of our first 10,000 subscribers. Right now we're almost at 2,000 subscribers. Once we get to 10,000, we'll do an episode where we randomly select one of our subscribers to send them $500. Make sure you subscribe and don't miss out. Let's get back to it. Let's get into the video. Don't gamble with your retirement. In this educational episode, I'm going to discuss how to not lose during market crashes. Get ready. Um, uh, this may be new to you. So I'm Doug Andrew. I've been a financial strategist and retirement planning specialist now for nearly five decades. Ne nearly everyone that sells life insurance will call themselves a financial strategist because you can't call themselves like a like a financial advisor. So they'll they'll twist the terms a little bit so, and you don't really know that. You're like, oh, I'm a financial strategist. I'll help you figure out your retirement. Buy this product from me. So over five decades, this guy has been selling this product. He touts that he has like an incredible amount of returns. I think he says that in this video, but he's still selling it in his old age here. Um, in my old age, I'm not going to be selling you guys anything. I'm telling you that right now. That's not happening. Helping people prepare for a comfortable retirement and protecting their retirement nest egg from the negative impact of taxes inflation and market volatility uh now so the, the taxes and inflation thing is good like we want to protect our money from taxes and inflation um market volatility not so much market volatility when we're young like when we're still working is one of the best things for wealth building and we've talked about that before we've showed the video where um and i'll link to it one of these sides where um, dollar cost averaging allows you to invest during recessions. And if you were to have invested all the way through the 2008 recession, it would have taken you like six months to get all your money back. And if you waited, it would have taken you like five years. So market volatility gives us a lot of strength. It allows us to buy when things are low and it really rockets our wealth building off into the future. So volatility is not bad when you're young. When you're older, you may wanna kind of avoid it. There's strategies behind that. But um, the other two are, are good, tax avoidance and inflation avoidance. We want to do, or protection against inflation. We want to do those two things. I don't think his product does, but those are good goals. Those are the three big dangers that cause most people to outlive their money. So uh, let's talk about market volatility because uh, a lot of people, when they retire, if they have their money uh, still in yet to be taxed, IRAs or 401ks invested in the market, uh, they soon realized that Wall Street was never designed to create predictable income. Uh, the market goes up and down and people get nervous. Dalbar, who studies investor behavior, says most retirees, if they just sort of looked at the big picture and would just buy and hold and, and uh, wait through the market downturns, they might average 9%. But well, they would average more than 9%. So I think he's kind of undercutting a little bit here, but he's right. A lot of people get scared when the market drops down because they don't really have a strategy to handle that. But I don't like his attack on 401ks here. If you have a 401k with a match, taxes and market volatility will never cover that difference, will never cover that match. So if you're looking at $2 million in retirement in a 401k, if you put that in your 
your, yourself, if you'd have just taken that cash yourself and invested it outside of a 401k without a match, that would be a million dollars, right? So if there's like a 20% market drop, you're still not getting down to a million dollars. So if you don't put it into your 401k, you don't take advantage of the match, you put it into something like what he's about to sell us here, you're going to have less money and the market volatility will never actually reach that point of having that less money. So even taxes, even taxes don't cover that match. So the 401k with the match is by far the greatest thing that you could possibly do. If you have the opportunity to do it, get into it right away. I don't make any money telling you to do that. And your business doesn't make any, your company, your work doesn't make any money telling you to do that either. It's just a benefit to you and you should definitely take advantage. When people see the market uh, dropping down 20, 25, 30%, most Americans go, enough already. I, I can't afford to lose money. I'm retired. And so they sell uh, low. And then they wait, wait, wait till the market comes back up again. And then they buy high. So the average retiree with money in the market is only averaging about 3.49%, according to research. Uh, and so that's why the financial services industry came out with what is called the 4% rule. They so... He's he's saying some good points here, but he's also jumping around to things that don't actually that don't make a lot of sense. So the, he's right. Um, a lot of people will panic when stuff starts to go down because they think like I'm going to lose my whole retirement. A lot of people get that end of the world mentality, like the whole country's collapsing and I got to pull my money out. Otherwise, what will I have to retire on? And and they, they kind of panic out their cash. And then once the market starts coming back is when they start putting it back in. And we've shown with dollar cost averaging how long that could take you. And so if you're doing that in retirement, you will probably net a really lower return, like a three something percent return. Now, the 4% rule we've talked about here on this channel is the Trinity study. The financial industry didn't invent the Trinity study. The Trinity study was a study that looked at the since the, the stock market in the United States began till today, if you spent how much percentage of your retirement could you survive any storm over that time period? And they figured out that over a 30-year span at any point, if you started any year, so if you started in 1901, I think, it's, I think this whole study started in like 1913. So 1913, 1914, 1915, and you just took 30-year chunks and you were to withdraw a certain percentage, what would that percentage be that would make it so that you had enough money to last that entire 30-year time frame? And the answer was 4%. So the, the thought process is if you have your money in the stock market, maybe you put a little bit in bonds like Warren Buffett suggests in your retirement and you withdraw 4%, you theoretically won't run out of money in your retirement. That's where that 4% rule came in. It did not come about because the, they, the uh, industry, the Wall Street people figured out that you're only making 3%. They want you to take out 4%. And I, I don't know where he's getting that. I think he's just jumping around a little bit here. They only want you to pull out 4%. If you're earning three and a half percent and you pull out 4%, you will slowly deplete your retirement nest egg, but not before your LE, which means life expectancy. So uh, that's called the 4% rule. I, I think that's pretty pathetic because, you know, a million dollar nest egg, you uh, pull out 4% or 40,000 a year to net 30,000 after tax. Uh, golly, uh, I've earned uh, at least 9%. So this is where, pay attention, because he's comparing withdrawal rates, not returns, against his returns that I've, uh, I mean, I'll get into this next point, but against his returns, not his withdrawal rate. So he's going to say, I've been making 9% in index universal life, 
and you're only getting to withdraw 35 to 4% in the stock market. That doesn't seem even at all, except those two things aren't the same. The average in the stock market is above 10%. So if we're going to measure you know, gains against his gains, the, the market's winning. And then if we're looking at withdrawal strategies, IUL has specific withdrawal strategies and he's going to gloss over what those look like, but you can't pull out your entire gains in the withdrawal strategies because if you do, you will not be able to afford the fees and the interest on the loan that you're going to take out. And I'll explain this loan part in a bit here. Uh, on my max funded index, Universal Life, uh, for uh, the last uh, 42 years. And so how much more is nine than three? It's three times, it's 300% more. I'd rather get 90,000 a year of tax-free income out of a million dollar nest egg instead of 30,000 after tax. Does that make sense? Now, IUL does not provide you tax-free income. This is a line he says often, and a lot of people will say this. It allows you to take out loans against your account, and theoretically, your account should grow at a higher rate than the interest gained on the loans that you're taking out, and the interest will roll right into your account. That's the theoretical part. As an example, if I take out $100,000, I'm going to owe $5,000, 5%, and on interest annually, but theoretically, my account is going to grow at a, like he says, 9% rate. So as my account keeps going larger and larger and larger, that interest on the loan just keeps rolling forward and you never actually have to pay that back. However, if you take out all of your gains, so if you have a million dollars, like he's suggesting, you get a 90, a 9% return and you take out $90,000, that will not last you your entire retirement. So he's comparing his, again, his gains on his investment against what it is that your withdrawal rate is in the market. They're, it's apples and oranges. They don't match. Well, people say, well, how does this work? Now, <clears throat> let's say uh, uh, you are in a casino or, you know, I, I'm not really a, a gambler. I have not put a nickel in a slot machine uh, for probably more than 35, 40 years now. But I find myself in Las Vegas uh, quite a bit because I'm a speaker. And uh, if I were to check into the Bellagio Hotel and they go, you know, Mr. Andrew, you've, you've stayed with us many, many times and we know you're not a gambler, uh, but we have here a, a no loss table, uh, just compliments. Uh, uh, if you sit at this table, uh, you can play all day long, as long as you want. And uh, whatever you make uh, by playing at this table, we'll let you keep up to a ceiling or a cap of 12% or 16% or 25%, uh, but that's it. But at the end of the day, if, if you lose money playing at this table, we guarantee you'll walk out of this room with what you walked in with. You will not lose a dime. This is a common talking point from life insurance salesmen. Uh, the IUL, the concept is that you say like, I want to invest my money against the, a particular index. So that's what the index comes from. You're not actually investing in the thing. You're just using the thing as the measurement for how your returns are going to be within your account with an indexed universal life plan. So the idea is if we say the S&P 500 is going to be our index and we're going to give, and he's, he's explaining the cap, we're going to give a zero uh, floor meaning that if we don't gain any money in the S&P 500, if it goes down, then 
we don't lose anything. And we're going to cap it out at a specific amount. So we're going to say 12% cap. So if the S&P 500 goes up above 12%, we'll get 12%. And then anything in the middle, that's what we'll get, right? uh, But what he's avoiding here and what he's not telling you is that this whole process costs you fees. Everything costs you in this strategy. It's not free. So if you continually get zero, 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 and you've withdrawn money from the account via these loans, there's going to hit a point where the loans and the interest rate are now approaching what money is available. And you could be forced to add more money into the account in order to make sure that it remains solvent or pay these loans down in order to make sure that it remains solvent. So he's there is guaranteed loss. So if you imagine it like this, You go into a casino, like he's suggesting here, and you pay an entry fee to that casino. And that entry fee is outrageously high. Like in the case of uh, universal or index universal life insurance, the first year you're paying incredible fees. So the entrance cost is like thousands and thousands of dollars. And then every table you sit down at, we'll count that as every year for index universal life, every table you sit down at, you pay a fee up front. So you're like, you know, here's another $1,000 to sit at this table. And then there's a floor and there's a cap. All right. So, you know, if you if you sit there and gamble and gamble and gamble, and then you don't make anything, you didn't lose anything, right? Except for that you paid all those fees just to be in the casino and sit at the table in the first place. And that's the part he's avoiding here. So there is ability to lose. It's built into the fee structure of how this whole process works. And the ability to gain isn't as guaranteed as we would like it to be. Maybe in a later episode, I'll talk about how the investing works and how they can do this whole cap strategy. It's pretty complex, but um, the moral is you're looking at one day, a starting day, it's called point to point. You're looking at a starting day in the index and then you're looking at the ending day in the index and that's it. If there's like a significant amount of growth before or after that, you don't see any of that. It's just one day, one point, and that's how the strategy works. The other part is the one of the ways that they guarantee that you'll not lose lose money is that they're going to cover the the interest on the cash that you have with them by paying it with the fees from other people who are signing up. So so pretty close to a Ponzi scheme. I would say it's definitionally not a Ponzi scheme because insurance policies are kind of like Ponzi schemes in the case of a particular event where people who like everybody's paying into it, but the people who pay out only for specific events occur. So as a Ponzi scheme would pay everybody out. In this case, they're using new sign-up people in order to cover that interest on your policy in order to maintain a zero in case of losses in any way, uh, which means they have to continually be signing people up. If the company can't continue to sign people up, if they're having a struggle with figuring out how to balance all this stuff out and make it work, one of the ways that it can the company can make itself solvent is just by restructuring their fees and their caps and everything at any time without letting you know. And he admits this. So Doug will say like, yeah, you have to find a good company because if you don't, they could just restructure this stuff without warning and you're stuck kind of in it for the long term because you've dumped tons of money into this process. The problem I have with that is how do I know which company is a good company in 40 years? And I have a feeling if we asked Doug Andrew, he'd tell us whatever company he's selling insurance for is probably the one that he thinks is the best, right? And that's probably the case if you talk to all of them. But I can't trust that any of these will be good in 40 years. And in 30 years from now, when I'm kind of looking at retirement on the horizon a little bit, if they restructure this stuff and screw me over, I'm not going to be happy. 
So there is ability to lose significant, it's built in, and there's the possibility of the company ripping you off in the future. Now, I'm not a gambler. I would probably maybe consider playing at that table because that, that's not gambling, okay? Uh, to know that um, I can walk out and, and walk out with what I walked in with. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about uh, indexing with indexed universal life. We're talking about um, being able to have your money uh, linked to what the market does. This is indexing. I'm not talking about index mutual funds. An index mutual fund uh, invested in the S&P uh, in 2008, you would have lost 40%. A million dollar nest egg would have gone down to 600,000 in 2008. And it would have taken four years until 2012 to make back what you lost. And by the way, 2008 was the second time in, in that decade of 2000 to 2010 that people lost 40%. So, that's that. So again, he's pointing out what happens if you don't continually invest, right? Because we talked about this with dollar cost averaging. He's saying if you put your money in at the peak, it would have taken you four years. I think when we looked at it, it was four and a half or five years to get your money back. However, we're going to continually buy during the dip and it will only take us about six months to return back to normal. So he's comparing again apples and oranges because in the index universal life plan, he's going to say that there's a floor, meaning that you can't lose money that year. You can't gain anything, but you won't lose anything that year minus all the fees that he's totally ignored here and not told you about. And then you're going to lose a whole bunch of money and it's going to take you four years to catch back up to him, except for the fact that it won't. If we keep buying all the way through, we'll be way ahead of him even by the time we hit a recession. And then as we're buying through the recession and coming out of the recession, we'll be way ahead of him again. Uh, we call it the Great Recession. People who owned uh, indexed Universal Life did not lose a dime after the 9-11 terrorist attacks in 2001 to 2003. Uh, they didn't lose a dime. They may not have made very much, but they didn't lose. And uh, at the end of 2007, when most people were barely back to break even after seven years, uh, a lot of people had nearly doubled their money with IUL, a million dollars in the year 2000, without adding a dime was, was worth nearly 2 million bucks. Well, uh, at the end of 2012, after the market dropped another 40% in 2008 and took four years until 2012 to get back to break even a million, Many uh, of our clients that owned IUL, uh, they had two and a half to three million to show for the million they started with in 2000. Because when the market went down, uh, they did not lose. They may not have made very much, but they didn't lose because your money. But they didn't make those gains from the volatility. So early on, I said volatility is our friend. We want volatility as young people. And the reason is we get the opportunity to buy extremely low and he's missing out on that completely. So the average recession takes about 11 months. Then after the average recession, there are on average four years of a solid bull market. So this is averages. It's not guaranteed for this next recession, but for averages. And that bull market averages 25% return per year. So what's going to happen is we're going to buy through the recession and then we're going to receive 25% returns back to back. Boom, 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 boom. And in the meantime, he lost nothing during the recession, which is awesome. You know, congratulations. I mean, he lost fees that he's not explaining to us, but he, he lost nothing else theoretically. And then when the market came back, he was like, bam, 9%. Well, who cares? We're going to take off so far past what your caps are 
in the long run as young people, right? So again, young people volatility is good. Don't sell your stuff during a recession. Just continue buying, work hard, continue buying. That's how you're going to make huge amounts of wealth. Wealth is made in a bear market when the market is down and he's not taking advantage of any of that. That's the difference. So if you sit there and look at two, you know, an IUL with a cap and and just investing like normal, the investing like normal just takes off way past the IUL. And at some point, I'll do an illustration. I'll show you how that works. It's not invested in the market. It is safely tucked in an insurance company. And so that million sits in the insurance safely. company earning the general account portfolio rate uh, at four or five percent. Uh, back Again, general account portfolio rate at four or five percent, which is they're paying you interest on your money by getting new customers. Back in that decade, the general account portfolio rate for most of these insurance companies, this is on their uh, general account portfolio, AAA, AA bonds, mortgages on shopping malls and skyscrapers. Uh, they were earning about 6%. They need about one of those percentage points for them, for their profits. They're in business to make a profit. The net is five. Any year you feel you know bearish about America, you can just settle for that general account portfolio rate of, of 5% on, on a million dollar nest egg, that'd be 50 grand. But any year you feel bullish about America, you can tell the insurance company, you know what, um, I'm willing to relinquish the interest on my million this year so that you can use that 50,000 of interest to have the wherewithal uh, to pay me whatever the S&P does or the Dow Jones if the market goes up. So if you feel like, uh, if you have good feelings, if you can time the market out, which we've proven that nobody can time the market out, but if you could time the market out and you know something bad is coming, just take the normal account interest rate. And you know it's, it's coming from new customers and obviously the company's gotta take their portion and they give you some small portion. And, and uh, you know it's on average 5%. What, what's it guaranteed? Zero. It's guaranteed zero because the company at any point could change it based off of how the company is doing. But it's possible to be up as high as 5% if new customers are coming in. And we'll just take that. And then if we feel like the economy is going to do well because we're, you know, Nostradamus and we can predict this stuff, then we'll put it into something a little bit more risky, which might produce 12, you know, in gain, 12% in gains because that's the cap. And then we'll just keep riding this wave over and over and over. Right. I have a feeling that um, the 5% gains thing, the, the insurance companies are probably not super keen on letting you just take that interest. I would, I would say that, like, I don't know this. This may be a question that someone can answer for me in the comments. But is that something that they are interested in really providing? Because it seems to me like if you're making you know, a good amount of interest, let's say from new customers, if I didn't have to pay that to you and I would just, you know, gamble away some money and some options in the stock market instead, that seems like something I would want to do as the insurance company. You're not uh, authorizing the company to use your million in the market. Your million has to stay safe in the insurance company earning five. What you're giving up is the for sure 5% interest that you're on your million. Uh, what do they do with the, with the interest, the 5%, the 50,000? They're buying upside options in whatever index or indices you chose that they offered. 
If it's the S&P 500, they buy 50,000 of options in the S&P 500. If the S&P goes up that year, uh, that 50,000 of options allows them to pay you 10 or 12%, 100,000, 120,000, 160,000, maybe up to a cap because options, they, they can't afford to pay you what the S&P actually does because they don't have your full million. They only have the interest on your million. But if the market crashes, if it goes down, the options expire worthless, but your million is still there. So you don't lose any of your principal when the market goes down, but you make money when the market goes up. This is a little off topic, but this always bothers me. You don't have a million dollars. Like when, whenever an insurance company tells you cash value, this is cash value. The reason that they're not saying you have a million dollars in the insurance company. The reason that they're saying you have a million dollars in cash value is because you don't actually have a million dollars in the insurance company. If you were to withdraw this money, you would pay a surrender fee, which could be as high as 10% or more in some cases, and it could change on the whim of the insurance company again, and you'd pay taxes on the whole thing. So you don't actually have that money just like sitting in the insurance company's account gaining interest. That's not how that works. So they're, they're telling you, this is how much money we're pretending that you have. That's what that value means. So that's why I compare it to like a casino. And I'm not even a gambler because it's not gambling when uh, you have your money in an IUA policy and you get to make money when the market goes up, but you do not lose when the market goes down. Does that make sense? And so uh, that's why that's one of my favorite financial vehicles using indexing, which is a strategy. And I'm not talking about an index mutual fund. Your money is at risk in the market in an indexed fund. Indexing is a strategy. That's the end of the video. So, so he's claiming you can produce like a 9% return by putting your money into an insurance company. They will invest it somehow and there's really no downside and I'm going to ignore the fact that there's fees attached to all this and pretend that the downside is zero and I'm also going to claim things like it's tax-free you can withdraw your money into perpetuity there's no risk we don't like risk in retirement this is the vehicle to choose from now the nine percent claim is ridiculous i haven't seen any proof from him that that's even achievable most iul agents will tell you that that's not achievable and they'll tell you that it's probably somewhere between four and six percent on average and that you shouldn't really use this as your main investment vehicle you should still invest and have this on the side so i think it's really sensational that this one guy is really like plugging this thing like it's the the one key to success in everything um so i thought that was interesting to to see i'm sure we'll react to more of his stuff in the future is a lot of his claims are very extreme but the way that this works and th there's no there's no tax free anything about it you give your money to the insurance company they charge you a whole bunch of fees you can pretend that the the death benefit the actual insurance part is worth it except for the same amount of insurance with the term life plan you pay infinitely less now you could try to claim that you're going to get 9%, but most of us will probably get between 4 and 6% on this policy. And then we pay fees. And we hope that the fees never eat away at our policy enough that we're in any kind of risk. If we were to take this money out, we would pay a surrender fee and taxes. So it's not tax-free if we were to try and get our money back, and we would never see those fees again. Those fees are gone forever. And then we're hoping that this company stays 
in a good position so they don't suddenly change the policy on us so that they're you know giving us zero percent interest or charging higher fees suddenly without notice um, taking money in order to try and stay alive and then putting our retirement at risk we're hoping all of those things are true and in order to avoid taxes, what we're going to do is take out a loan against our policy, and we're just going to keep rolling the interest on the loan into the loan itself. And we're just gonna keep that going into perpetuity. If we don't withdraw enough, theoretically that works. So if you have a high enough return, the interest rate on the loan is low enough, theoretically, this will continue to work into perpetuity and hopefully we never put ourselves in a position where we have to figure out a way to fund the policy in order to not go overboard on that strategy. You won't be able to take out your entire gains. It won't work, the strategy won't work. So you can't take out, if you're getting 6%, you can't take out 6%. You have to take out less because that interest is gonna keep rolling into the principal. And as soon as you start reaching that cash value, that pretend money that the insurance tells you that you have, as soon as you start approaching that, you're gonna run the risk of them requiring you to um, pay more into it or the entire policy gets surrendered. So in other words, like the policy just gets eaten up they call it eating itself and the insurance company just takes everything that you've put into that point cuts their losses and moves on to the next person right and you lose everything at that point so this is not a zero risk strategy there is a lot of risk he'll even tell you you have to structure it with the right person has to be structured properly has to be with the right company but there's no way that we could possibly know these things and the last question is if he is so successful in his iul strategy why is he still peddling this stuff at the ripe age that he is now i'm not going to be doing that this is like that whole thing with um like the the investor courses where they're like i figured out a way to invest money and make like two thousand percent returns every year and i will sell it to you for only two thousand dollars for my course and then you gotta wonder if you really made two thousand uh, percent returns in a year you'd be richer than warren buffett in just a couple of years why wouldn't you just do that why are you selling this stuff to me for two thousand and in some cases these guys can't even answer that question i have i propose the same question to doug andrews if you are so successful at this why are you not retired or like, why are you still selling? Or, you know, I, I, I believe him if he was still like, um, if he was still kind of explaining this process and he was like, look, this is a good process. I'm just providing education and um, I want people to know, but I'm done selling. Maybe that would be more believable, but he's not doing that. Even at the end of his thing, he's like, give us a call. We'll sell you some stuff right now. So I'm sure I'm missing some stuff. If I'm missing some things for people who are IUL experts, toss them down below. If you think I'm totally wrong, I would love to have a debate about this topic. I'm trying my best to wrap my head around how all this stuff works. And the dilemma is that it's not only confusing, but the people who sell it talk in hyperbole. They say things like, be your own bank and cash tax-free retirement. They don't really explain to you how that stuff works. They just sort of toss out these claims and then you're expected to just believe that those claims are true without much explanation. So if you understand this better, I'd love to have a debate. We can compare things side by side. You know, some of these policies are like tens of thousands of dollars per year, like almost people's entire investment strategy per year. They're taking all of that from you to produce something that is supposed to be like, you know, stable in retirement. Hopefully if the company doesn't go under, I'm not buying it. 
I don't think this is the way to go. I've got better options for you. You can invest yourself, just continually invest. I think there is like a many more problems with this strategy. We will cover them eventually. And uh, we'll talk about better ways to kind of structure these things to be safe now when you're working and later in retirement so that you are all set and you don't have to give anybody your money in order to achieve that. I've paid zero fees and I've produced gains way past what Doug Andrews is promising. And I will continue to do so until I retire and I won't be in that position where I'm worrying. So that sounds interesting to you. And you know that I'm not selling you anything and I'm paying zero fees myself. Just like and subscribe. We're just here to share financial information with each other and find the best ways to accomplish these tasks without getting scammed by people who are trying to just take more money from us. So thanks for stopping by and I'll see you guys next time.